Thanks for joining us this week on the Rage for Justice Report. Uh, I'm Jamie Court. This is Consumer Watchdog's podcast. I'm here with uh, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog, Carmen Balber. I'm the President of Consumer Watchdog, Jamie Court. And we did a big milestone, didn't we, Carmen, this week? What, what was that milestone? The big milestone this week, and happy Friday, everyone, is that the Fairness for Injured Patients Act, our ballot measure to update the 1975 law that capped compensation for victims of medical negligence that has never once been changed in 45 years, hit a huge signature gathering milestone. We announced yesterday that we've collected over 307,000 signatures of the required 623,000 to make the ballot in November 2020. So a huge victory. Signature gathering is going really well. Yeah, it's really remarkable. We're getting, uh, we thought we'd get 50,000 signatures a week because it's only been a month and five weeks. Five weeks. And um, we've get, we're getting sixty to 65,000 signatures a week. We are the lowest-paying petition on the street. We're paying for these signatures. That's what you have to do in this world. But um, we are going to probably, if the key things keep going this well, turn in a month before we actually have to. And it's, it's, I think it's a testament to the power of the issue. You know, a month ago, a little bit more than a month ago, we were at uh, Frank Fats Restaurant in Sacramento, which is uh, the location where there was a deal written on the back of a napkin that locked in this 1975 compensation cap. It was the last word on it for the next many decades. And it was set by special interest groups. It was set by the legislature in a backroom deal in 1975. And after the court declared the uh, cap constitutional, they went to this restaurant, Frank Fats, the trial lawyers, the insurance companies, the doctor's lobby, the medical malpractice insurers, and there were also some tobacco companies there. And they basically said, we want peace, we don't want war. They cut a deal on the back of the napkin in 1987 that locked in everything that hasn't changed since. Only thing is they increased some attorneys' uh, contingency fee rates, which, you know, it's good because consumers can get attorneys, but it's bad because they should have in increased the cap. There's a cap set in 1975 at $250,000, and it would be worth seven. Uh, $1.2 million today. Or the reverse, which is that $250,000 in 1975 dollars is only worth about $50,000 for families today. So imagine minimum wage, which was $2.10 an hour in 1975, being your compensation today. It just doesn't cut it, and it means families are locked out of the courtroom. And that's what we were talking about at Frank Fats, the, uh, the need to finally update this outdated law that closes the courtroom door for so many families. So this deal literally written on the back of a napkin has the napkin from 1987 hanging on the wall of the restaurant. So we held our launch there for the signature gathering. We brought patients who are the proponents of the initiative, patients who've, uh, you know, faced uh, either not being able to get an attorney because of the cap or they actually saw their uh, verdicts reduced. What happens is a jury isn't told about the cap. They will go in and award uh, two, you know, $7 million, for instance, in the case of one of the proponent's sons who was too blind, brain damaged because he couldn't get a simple test when he had a major head injury, facial, facial injury, and it would have detected the brain mass and they decided the trial, if he got the simple test in the emergency room in the age of HMO medicine in the 90s, he'd be fine today. So the jury said $7 because this kid's never going to see. He's got cerebral palsy. He'll never live alone. That's what his quality of life is worth. That's what his pain and suffering is worth. That is what his blindness, his disability is worth. And the jury left the room. Guess what? The judge had to reduce the award. And his, his, his father, Scott Olson, Stephen Olson's uh, father, is on our board of Consumer Watchdog. And Stephen, is, uh, his picture hangs on the wall. He is one of, these are one of the sweetest families, nicest families in the world for something like this to happen to. And a few years ago, 
this was, you know, he's 28 years old now, Stephen. The yeah. mom died. Kathy died. Then um, she was on our board as well. And Scott had to quit his job to take care of Stephen. She had already quit her job. So that $7 million would have come in handy. And, and here's what Scott had to say at Frank Fats uh, about, the whole, about the whole deal. Except once the jury left the room, and it's always after the jury leaves the room, the judge slashed that $7 million verdict to $250,000, the cap set by the legislature in 1975, and it's never been adjusted. Basically, four years ago this month, I'd leave my job, and I do wonder all the time what will happen to Stephen when I can't take care of him anymore. So, Carmen, the other uh, pro uh, proponent uh, are, are the Morenos, um, who we should talk about. But we had a very surprised guest there, too, Barbara Boxer. Barbara had actually um, met the Olsons. This was, you know, 25 years ago uh, when Stephen was four uh, after the injury because she prevented a national cap from being put in place across America. There are 20 states without any cap. There are another 13 states that have the type of cap we're talking about. If there's a catastrophic exemption, the Fairness for Injured Patients Act says if you are permanently disabled or, you, or, or someone dies, there is no cap. The jury awards what it wants. And it's, it's important to know that even in uh, years of Republican majorities in the House and in the Senate, medical malpractice caps as draconian as California's never get enacted uh, because they're simply unfair and because champions like Barbara Boxer meet families like the Olsons and fight to protect other families from going through what happened to them. So Barbara was also at the press conference talking about how she's going to fight as hard as she can to make sure this measure passes and patients' rights are restored. And what's remarkable is she reminded people that caps on medical negligence cases were in the contract for America. Contract on America is how we called it when Newt Gingrich put it into law. This is how right-wing Republican this is. And yet in the most progressive state in the nation, we have the most regressive cap, the lowest in America, along with Texas, Montana. Here's what Barbara had to say uh, at that press conference at Frank Fats. That I've carried in my heart. And I feel really, uh, really strongly about. So I met Stephen and I met Kathy, his mom. And I'm going to do everything I can, everything I can this time, to once and for all adjust the cap. So, Carmen, the, the other family, the Marinas, are interesting because the Olsons are not going to benefit from this change in the law. They're going to prevent another family from benefiting. But the Marinos, the other proponents, they have a little girl who's in the opposite situation. Stephen's 28 now, and the little girl is, uh, I think she's five. Uh, and uh, you want to talk a little about Mia and the Marinos? Well, it was it was pretty touching uh, to meet both Scott and Mia uh, in the same place, in their wheelchairs, with their families, the sweetest kids, but in very very much the same predicament, have cerebral palsy, have little control over their bodies because of the medical negligence that happened to them. So Bree and Nelson Moreno are the parents of Mia. Um, they're proponents of the measure because Mia's case, like Scott's, like Stevens, is capped by that $250,000 limit on compensation for the pain and suffering of children who are harmed by medical negligence, no matter how long they have to live with that injury. And the, the Morenos spoke about how they hope that this law will prevent that cap from limiting Mia's justice. Because her case is going to go to trial after the voters vote in November whether there should be a cap, and she is permanently disabled, so the jury won't have a cap to, to be limiting them uh, if this initiative passes. And if it doesn't pass, then 
whatever the jury awards, when they leave the room, like the Olsons, the, the verdict could be slashed to $250,000. So here's what Brie and uh, first Brie and then her husband, Nelson, had to say about this. To question the medical staff about sedating her twice in the same day or even performing two major procedures on her just hours apart. But we trusted the doctors, like most people do. Um, and, you know, why wouldn't we? We not know that not only was she sedated twice, but she was also over sedated, which caused her heart to collapse right then and there. As as if having cancer wasn't enough already for her. After seeking a second opinion from a leading hospital, we were told that the cancer was treatable and was also removable. Sure enough, she is cancer free. But because of this medical negligence from the hospital where you know we first took her, she will now be disabled for the rest of her life. You know, we talk a lot about uh, the families, uh, and, and, and there's one case, you know, that um, I just think really stood out here. Uh, it was the case of um, a gentleman who's lost his wife, uh, Charles Johnson. You want to talk about Kia? Because, you know, this is the type of case where there is a hard $250,000 cap on the death of his wife at, 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 in the childbirthing process, something that never should have happened, an African-American woman. Uh, and it, it's an increasing epidemic. And, and that means that the family wouldn't get an attorney uh, under normal circumstances because the maximum they could ever get for the death of, of, of someone who's not a wage earner is 250000 And from that has to come out the attorney's fees, the expert witness cost, which is fifty or 100000 to go take the case to trial. The victim's left with eighty thousand or a hundred thousand and the attorney has to risk all that money to get that eighty or hundred thousand. Economically it's not possible because these are nineteen seventy five limits that by the way the initiative indexes for inflation in most cases and in the case of catastrophic injury exams. Do you want to talk about the Johnsons? Because they are so um, it's just such a powerful story and it's and it's a story unfortunately that happens too often that African American women are dying at childbirth and it's almost inexplicable other than the hospitals aren't doing a better job with them. Well, and it's uh, particularly apt to talk about it right now with women's marches in Los Angeles and across the country tomorrow, Saturday, where women will be marching uh, for equal justice, for equal treatment, for uh, a, a saner world uh, than the one we live in, that African-American women die at three times the rate of Caucasian moms in childbirth. Um, we met Charles after exactly that happened to his wife, his wife, Kira. Uh, was a really amazing woman. They already had one child. They were uh, rushing to have a second child, so their two sons were born close together. Um, they were a well-off couple. Charles's mother is television judge uh, Glenda Hatchett. Um, they were educated, and Kira was really healthy. They went to Cedar sinai to have the baby. It was a planned C-section. Everything was normal. Everything was going well. Um, but when Kira came out of the delivery, when they came out of the C-section, she started feeling worse and worse, and the doctors refused to listen to the family's concerns, refused to act on her increasingly desperate situation. Um, it was so bad um, that this became an emblem 
of the problem of African-American moms dying in childbirth across the country. It was a episode of the Fox TV show, The Resident. Uh, but we'll let you tell, we'll let you hear what uh, Charles said at the, at the event about what it meant for his family uh, to have to go through that, to lose a mother in a way that never should have happened. We talked about quantifying the value of a human life. But what I want all of you in this room to understand is that there's absolutely no way you can quantify how difficult it is to tell an 18-month-old that his mommy's never coming home. Calculate how difficult it is to explain to a son that will never know his mother just how amazing she is and how amazing she was. So, uh, you know, the thing about Charles's case is um, he, it happened in Cedar sinai <laughs> This is one of the top, uh, top uh, medical institutions in America. And, um, you know, something very similar happened to Serena Williams. Something very similar happened to, this is, this you know, uh, to uh, the girlfriend of fiancé of, um, of, of Shane Mosley, the boxer who was with us, uh, Trista. Um, what we, you know, it just happens across the economic spectrum. But one of the people we really, we, we think is going to be a heck of a voice in this is Charles's mom. Glenda Hatchett, who's a, who's a judge, who really, uh, I think we're going to end with her because she, at Fats, Frank Fats, really summed up, uh, I think, the anger of women, particularly African-American women, at a medical system that's not accountable because they're not legally accountable and they're not well-regulated. So here's Judge Glenda Hatchett. Absolutely despicable of what has happened and the backroom deal that was cut downstairs and the 45 years that this has gone unchecked. Well, today in 20, today we are declaring that we're putting an anchor in the ground and we are going to do what is necessary. I don't want another family to suffer the way that tens of thousands of families in this state have suffered over these decades. Couldn't have said it better ourselves, so maybe we'll just end there. What we have to say is that these signatures, uh, at this rate, will be turned in in April. Uh, they'll be certified for the ballot in July. The legislature, if it wants to make these changes without going uh, to the voters, has until June 25th to do them, and the initiative can be withdrawn. Otherwise, the people of California, the 18 million voters, who will probably come out in very strong numbers, will get to vote in November on the Fairness for Injured Patients Act. Thank you, Carmen. And uh, please find this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes, on the Apple uh, Apple Store, the uh, Google uh, Store, every place so you can get a podcast, SoundCloud, and tell your friends. Thank you so much. <laughs>